Ashley Brock reading Diane Palmer's book, Alexander, Chapter 10. It was a relief that Kara didn't suspect Jody of spying, but it was worrying that Brody did. He was an intelligent man. It wouldn't be easy to fool him. She'd have to mention that to Alexander when she saw him. He came by the apartment that evening, soon after Jody got home from work, tanked him and worried. Something's happened, she guessed uneasily. You know. Got any coffee? Sure, come on into the kitchen. He sat down and she poured him a cup from the... Pot full she just made, he sipped in and studied her across the table. Kennedy came back to town today. He's Kara's contact. Oh, dear. She murmured, sensing that something was very wrong. I called him into my office and told him I was firing him and why. I had, I have sworn statements from two witnesses who were willing to testify against him in a routine return for reduced sentences. He said, he said that he knew you were involved, that you helped me finger Kara, and that he'd tell her if I didn't back down. Don't feel bad about it, she said mentally, panicking. Well, try not to. You can let him stay after what he did. <laughs> he looked at her like, You're a constant surprise to me, Jody. How did you know I wouldn't back down? <laughs> she smiled gently. You wouldn't be Alexander if you let people bluff you. Yes, baby, but he's not bluffing. The endearment caught her off guard. Made her feel warm inside, warm all over. So, what do we do now? She asked a little disconcerned. No, 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 warm collar, small gently. You go live with Margie for a few days until I wrap up this case. Our cover's blown now, for sure. Margie can shoot a gun, but she's not at, not all that great at it, Alexander, she pointed out. Our four man's chances, and so is cousin Derek. He was involved in national security work when he was just out of college. He's a dead shot, and he'll bring his two brothers with him. He joked, funny. All I had to say was that Margie might be danger along with you, and he volunteered at once. You don't like it. I don't like the idea of Margie getting involved with a cousin, but Derek seemed to know that, too. And he told me something I didn't know before when I phoned him. He wasn't my uncle, son. His mother had an affair with an old beau, and he was the result. It was a family secret until last night, which means he had that he's only related to us by marriage, not by blood. He told you himself? Yes. He told me. Apparently he told you, too. But he didn't tell Margie. Have you? She wondered. That's for him to do, he replied. I've informed. I've interfered enough. He checked his I've got to go. I have to. I have a man watching the apartment yet. The one I told you about. But tomorrow you tell Brody you're taking a few days off to look after a sick relative and you go to Margie. You got that? But my job is your life. He shot back, guys. This is no game. These people will kill you as surely as they killed those children. I'm not going to watch you die, Jody. Least boss for something I got you into. She got her breath. This was far more serious than she I told you, he implied. Kara knows you're involved. The secret's out. You leave town. Period. She stared at him, knew she was trapped. Her job was going to be an afterthought. They'd fire her. She was even afraid to take a day off when she was sick because the company policy in her department was so strict. If you lose that job, it will be a blessing. Alexander told Flynn, you're too good to waste your life taking somebody else's dictation. When this is over, I'll help you find something better. I'll take you to class so that you can get your extra computer certification. Then I'll get an employment agency busy to find you a better job. That was a little disappointing. Obviously, he didn't have a future with her in mind, or he wouldn't be interested in getting her job. He leaned back in his chair, although he added, suddenly, his case, there might be an alternative. <laughs> An alternative. We'll talk about that later. He said he finished off. I have to go. <laughs> she got up and walked into the door. 
You be careful too. She challenged. He opened the jacket and indicated the 45 automatic in his hand so leathers. It won't shoot itself, she muttered pertly. He chuckled, turned into his arms and kissed her till her young body ached with deep secret longings. Lifted his head finally and he wasn't breathing normally. She felt the intensity of his gaze all the way to her toes as he looked. All these years, he murmured, and I wasted them snapping at you. <laughs> he seemed to enjoy it at the time. She marked absently watching his mouth hover over. I didn't want marriage like my parents had. Played the field to keep women from getting serious about me. <laughs> he confessed. He traced her upper lip with his mouth. With Bretherson, especially you, he had him. No one else posed the threat you did with your old-fashioned ideals and your sterling character. But I couldn't let you see how attracted to you I was. I did a pretty good job. And then you had too much champagne at a party. Did what I've been afraid you do since you graduated from high school. You were afraid, he nibbled her. I knew that if you ever got close, I'd never be able to let you go. He was which is what I spouted to Margie was a lot of hot air. I ached from head to toe after what you did tonight. Did together. I wanted you so badly, honey. I didn't sleep all night thinking how easy it would have been. I didn't sleep thinking that he hated me, she confessed. He sighed regretfully. I didn't know you overheard me, but I said enough when I left you at your bedroom. I felt guilty when I went downstairs and saw your face. You were shamed and humiliated, and it was my fault. I only wanted a chance to make amends, but you started backing away, and you wouldn't stop. That was when I knew what a mistake I made. She thought it was sure, but then he needed help to catch a drug smuggler. She mused. There was pause long enough to make her look. You're good, Jody, and I did need somebody out of the agency to dig out that information for me, but... But, he smiled to Houston PD owes me a favor. They've been glad to get that information for me, so would the Texas Rangers or the county sheriff? Then why did you ask me to do it? She explained. His hands were the frame of face. Frame of face. They felt warm and strong against her. Shocking. I was losing you, he whispered as he bent again to rub his lips tenderly over my. You wouldn't let me near you any other way. His mouth was making pudding of her brain. She slid her arms up around his neck and her hands tangled in the hair bows. But there was Carrie. I wanted to address him. I didn't even like her, especially by the time my birthday rolled around. I gave Margie hell for inviting her to my birthday party. Did she tell you? She shook her head, Dave. Got her upper lip in his mouth and toyed with it. His breathing grew unsteady. His hands on her face became so. I got drunk when Marty told you me you'd overheard us. He was, it took two neat whiskeys for me to even phone you. Too much was riding on my ability to make an apology. And frankly, baby, I don't make a habit of giving them. She melted into his body, hungry for close contact. I was so ashamed of what I'd done. His mouth crushed down on hers with passion. I loved what you did, he cried. I wasn't kidding when I told you that. I could taste you long after I went to bed. I dreamed about it all night. So did I, she whispered. I lips part of her dirt. Uh, dirtly. I thought you were hung up on damn Brody, he murmured, until you aimed that car at the gunman. Prayed for all his word until I got to you. Knew that you were right. I could have lost you forever. Forever. It haunts me. I'm tougher than old cowboy boots, she whispered, lighted beyond belief of what he was saying to her. And softer than silk in all the right places. Come here, he moved her against the wall. His body pressed her gently against it while he kissed her with all the pent-up longing he'd been suppressing for weeks. When she moaned, he felt his body trembling. You're killing me, he groaned out. Well, he lifted his head and looked down at her soft, curious grace. You haven't got a clue, he muttered. Can't you tell what a man's dying of lust? Her eyebrows arched as he rested his weight on his hands next to her ears on the wall, suddenly pressed his hips into hers, empathetically demonstrating the question. She swallowed hard. Alexander! 
I was really kidding about having a dress for pro and I actually pinned into him, burst out laughing, forced his aching body away from him. I've never laughed as much in my life as I do with you. He said alongside, but I really would give half an arm to lay you down on that carpet right now, Jody. <laughs> she flushed with more delight than fear. One of us could run to the drugstore, I guess. She forgot. Not now, he was really. But hold that thought until I wind up this case. <laughs> she laughed. Okay. I'll pick you up at work about nine in the morning, he murmured as he lifted his head, and I'll drive you down to Jacobsville. You're really worried, she realized when she saw the summer. Yes, Jody, I'm really worried. Keep your doors locked. Don't answer the phone. What if it's you? She worried. You still have the cell phone I loaned you? Yes, he produced it. He opened it, turned it on, and checked the battery. It's fully charged. Leave it on. If I need to call you, I'll use this number. You can call me if you're afraid, okay? Okay. Kissed her one last time, gave her a soulful, ignamic look, and went out the door. She bolted it behind him and stood there for several long seconds, her head whirling with the changes that were suddenly upsetting her life and career. Alexander was trying to tell her something, but she couldn't quite decide what. Did he want an affair? He certainly couldn't be thinking about marriage. He hated the whole thought of it. But what did he want? She worried the question till morning, so had no answers. You're going to leave for three days just like that? Brody explained at work the next day. His face harder than Jody had ever seen it. How the hell am I going to manage without a secretary? He blushed. I can't type my own letters. The real man under the facade, Jody thought, fascinated with her first glimpse of Brody's dark side. She's never seen him really angry. I'm not just the secretary, she reminded. Oh, hell, you do mail and question forms, he said, calling. Call what you like, it's donkey work. His eyes don't. It's because of what you did to Kara, isn't it? You're scared, so you're running away. Her face flamed with temper. She stood up from her desk and gave him a look that would have melted still. Would you be keen to hang around if they were gunning for you? You listen to me, Brody. These drug lords don't care who dies as long as they get their money. They are two dead little children who didn't do it thing wrong except stand between a drug dealer and their mother who was trying to shut down a drug dealer in her neighborhood care is part of that sick trade and if you defend her so are you he gave to her in the years they worked together jody had never talked back to him she grabbed up her purse the very first personal blinds of never mind holding my job open for me i quit she told a plumber there must be more to life than pondering to the ego of a man who thinks i'm a donkey one more thing brody she had a face him with her arms folded you and your drug dealing girlfriend can both go to hell with my blessing, she turned and stalked out of her cubicle. She imagined a trail of fire behind her. Brody's introductory gasps had been music to her ears. Alexander was right. She was wasted here. She'd find something better. She knew it. On her way out the door, she almost collided with Philip Hunter. He righted her. His black eyes marching. You're leaving, Miss Claiborne. Yes, I'm leaving. Mr. Hunter, sits still bristled from her counterpart. Great, come with me. He motioned with his chin. She followed him puzzled because he'd never spoken to her before except in a cordial and personal way. He led her into the bathroom and closed the door. Inside was the boardroom and closed the door. Inside was the other dark man she'd met briefly during the drug bust at the warehouse, Kobe Lane, and the owner of the corporation himself, Eugene Ritter. Sit down, Miss Cope. Claiborne, Ritter said with a warm smile, his blue eyes twinkling under a lock of silver hair. She dropped into a chair with her sack full of possessions, clutched close to her chest. Mr. Riddle, she didn't wonder what in the world was going on to do now. I can explain. You don't have to. He said, Jenny, I already know everything. When this drug case is wrapped up, and Kobe assures me it will be soon, how would you like to come back and work for me in the area where your skills won't be wasted? She was speechless. She just stared at him over her poultry carry-all. Carry 
Philip wants to go home to Arizona to work in our branch office there, and Kobe Lane here, he indicated the other document, is going to replace him. He knows about your computer skills, and Cobb's already told him that you're a whiz with investigations. So how would you like to work for Lane as a computer security consultant? It will pay you well, and you'll have an anonymity within the corporation. The downside is that you may have to do some traveling eventually to our various branch offices to a goose hunter and other trouble shelters. Is that the problem? She shook her head, so gasping for a hold on the situation. Good, he brought the sounds good. Then we'll draw up a contract for you, and you have your attorney read and approve it when you come back. You suddenly saw. There are going to be a lot of changes here in the near future. I've been coasting along in our headquarters office in Oklahoma and letting the outer line divisions take care of themselves with near disastrous results. If Hunter hadn't been tipped off by a cop about the warehouse being used as a drug job, we could have been facing federal charges with no intentional involvement whatsoever on our part. An international drug smuggling tell Cobb we owe him one for that. Here again. I will. Mr. Riddle, thank you very much for the opportunity. I won't let you down. I know that, Miss Claiborne. Claiborne, he told her smiling. Nanter will walk you out just in case. Not that I need you. Not that I think you need too much protection. He had tongue drink. There aren't a lot of people who will drive into gunfire to save another person. She laughed. If I had time to think about it, I probably wouldn't have done it. Just the same. I won't mind having an escort to the front entrance. She confessed in. I'm getting a cab to my apartment. We'll talk again, Ritter assured her standing. It was Tom very elegant in a great business. All right, now. Come on, Lane. We'll inspect the warehouse one last time. Yes, sir. Lane agreed. I'm just stunned, Jody Murrow, when they reached the street where the cab she called was waiting. She also phoned Cobb to be here at the apartment. Ritter sees more than people think he does, Hunter told her. He's sharp, and he doesn't miss much. Tell Cobb I owe him one, too. My wife and I had been a little preoccupied lately. We just found out that we're expecting again. My mind hasn't been as much on the job as it should have been. Congratulations, you sure wouldn't mind another girl, but Jennifer wants a son this time. Match set, she calls it. She wants to be near her cousin, Danita, who's also expecting a second child. She and Cab Ritter, the older man's son, had a son, but they want a daughter. He chuckled. We'll see what we both get. Meanwhile, you go straight to your apartment with no stop. See, directed becoming solemn. You looked over the top of the cab, saw something not a problem. Cobb's having you tailed. No, don't look back. If anyone makes a try for you, dive for cover and let your escort handle it, okay? Okay, but I'm not really nervous about it now. So I say, so I saw the other night. You've got guts, Miss Claiborne. You'll be welcome addition to security here. She'll be, I'll do my best. Thanks again. No problem. Be safe. Close the door and watch the taxi pull away. Her escort in a dark, unmarked car pulled right out behind the cab. She found herself wishing that Kara and her group would make a try for her. It wouldn't bother her one bit to have the woman laying in jail for a long time. Alexander was waiting for her at her apartment. He picked up the suitcases she picked. She packed and then drove her down to Jacobsville Ranch. She didn't have time to tell him about the changes in her life. She was saving that for a surprise. She was feeling good about her own abilities and her confidence in herself. Had a surprising effect on her friend Margie, who met her at the door with a faint shock. Margie hugged her, but her eyes were wondering. There's something different about you, she murmured sedately. I've been ex exercised, she assured the other woman. She sure has, Alexander. My aim and cars are made armed with automatic weapons. What? Margie clinked, gasping. Well, they were shooting to at, at Alexander, Jody told her. What else could I do? Margie and her brother exchanged a long, serious look, nodded slowly, and then she smiled. Margie beamed. 
What's that all about? Charity Water Alarm. We're passing along mental messages. Marjorie told her with a wig again. Never mind. You're just in time to try on the flamenco dress I wanted to view for our Halloween party. Halloween party. Jody Nardling. It's this Saturday. Marjorie said, We always have it in the weekend before Halloween, remember? I didn't realize it was that far along in the month. Jody said, I guess I've been busier than I realized. She writes poetry about me. Alexander said as he went up the stairs with Jody's bag. I do not write poetry about you. Jody called after him. And she raised it on stage in a red show, Bean Nick Coffee House. For real? Marge said, Jody, I have to come stay with you in Houston so you can take me there. I love coffee houses and poetry. She shook her. Can't imagine you reading poetry on a stage or driving a car into bullets for that matter. She looks like, Jody, you've changed. Jody nodded. I guess I have. Marge hugged her impulsively. Are we still friends? She wondered. I have been a good one, but I'm going to try. I can actually make canapes yet. I took lessons, so now you can come to parties with Jesse's not here, and I won't even ask you to do any of the work. <laughs> Jody first, I love it. This I have to see. You can't. Friday. I expect it will take all day with... Well, with the decorating, and I'm doing it all that myself, too. Derek thinks I'm improving maddeningly. <laughs> she added a faint blush, came to her cheeks. Cousin Derek's here already. Yes, he's not actually my cousin at all, except my by marriage. Although I only just found out. Marty, <laughs> Marty said, drawing Jody along with her in the living room. He's got two brothers, and they're on the way here. One of them is a cattle rancher, and the other is a divorced grizzly bear. Oh, what? <laughs> Marty Lupert. He's in a bureau of land <laughs> management environment. Enforcement agent, she said. He tracks down poachers and people who deal in illegal hunting and such. He's the one whose wife left him for a car salesman. He's very bitter. Is Derek close to them? To the rancher and one, Margie said he doesn't see the grizzly bear too often. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Jody probed delicately. Margie said, I think cousin Derek wants to see much more than my cousin. <laughs> It's about time, Jody said with a wicked smile. He's just your type. Marjorie made a face. Come into the kitchen and we'll see what there is to eat. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry. She stops him. Don't take this the wrong way, but why are Derek and his brothers moving in? And why are you and Alexander here in the middle of the week? Oh, somebody's just trying to kill me, that's all. Jody said, matter of fact, but Alexander's more than able to handle them. With Cousin Derek's help and some hard work by the DEA and Alexander's joking. Trying to kill you? Marjorie nodded. Right. That's, that's no joke, Alexander said from the doorway. Came into the room and pulled Jody to the side. Been in the kitchen gently. I have to go. Derek's on the job and his brothers will be here within an hour or two. Nothing to worry about. Except you getting shot. Jody replied warmly. You hope it's Jack and Sword are good again. I know. You're indestructible. We'll come back in one piece, okay? <laughs> yes, softly. Mr. Ross smiled. That's a deal. See you later. He winked at Margie. He took one last look at Jody before he left. How people change, Margie murmured dryly, but Jody wasn't really listening. Her eyes were still on Alexander's broad back as he went out the door. Alexander and his group met somberly that evening to compare notes and plan strategy. They knew by now where Kara Dominguez was, who her cohorts were, and just how much Brody Vance knew about her operation. The security guard on the job at the Ritter Warehouse was linked to the organization as well. But thought he was home free. What he didn't know was that Alexander had a court order to wiretap his office, and the agent overseeing that job had some interesting information to impart about a drug shipment that was still concealed. That was still concealed in Ritter's warehouse. It was one that no one knew about until the wiretap, and it 
was much bigger load than the one that the drug unit had just busted. The trick was going to be catching the thieves with the merchandise. It wasn't enough to know they were connected with it. They had to have hard evidence, facts that would stand up in court. They had to have a chain of events that would definitely link Kara to the drug shipment. Just when Alexander thought he was ready to spring the trap, Kara Dominguez disappeared off the face of the earth. The security guard was immediately arrested before he could flee, but he had nothing to say under advice of counsel. When they went to the Ritter warehouse where Kobe Lane and Phil pondered to appropriate the drug shipment, they found cartons of drilling equipment parts. Even with drug-sniffing dogs, they found no trace of the missing shipment, and everybody connected with Cara Dominguez suddenly developed amnesia and couldn't remember anything about her. The only good thing about her was that the operation had obviously changed locations, and there was no further reason for anyone to target Jody. Where it had moved... Where he had moved was a job for the DA to follow up on. Alexander was sure that Kennedy had something to do with the sudden disappearance of Kara in the shipment, but he couldn't prove a thing. The only move he had left was to prosecute Kennedy for giving secret information to a known drug dealer and that he could prove. And that he could prove. He had Kennedy arraigned on charges of conspiracy to distribute controlled substance which effectively removed the man from any chance of a future job in law enforcement, even if he managed to weasel out of a long jail term for what he already done. Alexander returned to Jacobsville Ranch on Friday to find Margie and Jody in the kitchen making canopies while Cousin Derek and two other men at the, ki at the kitchen table. Derek was sampling the sausage rolls while a taller, dark-eyed man with jet black hair owed his handgun, and second dark-haired man with eyes as green as Alexander started glaring at his two companions. She's gone, Alexander said. Took a powder. We can't find a trace of her so far, and the drug shipment vanished into thin air. Needless to say, I'm relieved on your behalf, he told the radio but it's not what I wanted to happen. Your inside man slipped up. Green-eyed stranger said in a deep bass tone. I didn't have an inside man, Zeke. Alexander said, dropping in the chair with the other men. More's the pity. Don't mind him. The other stranger said he's, he's perfect. He never loses a case or misses a shot. And he can cook. Zeke glared at him. You could do with a few lessons in marksmanship, Josiah. Who took her? You can't even hit a target. That's a fact. Derek agreed at once, dark eyes, and he tried to shoot a snake once and took the mailbox down with a shotgun. I can hit what I aim at when I want to. Just shut up. I hated that damn mailbox. I shot it on purpose. His brother almost rolled on the floor laughing. Drove outside, outside, poured himself another cup of coffee. Then I guess I'm on a plane back to Oklahoma. And I'm on one to Miami. Zeke nodded. Here, glared. And I'm booked for a rodeo in Arizona. Listen, why don't we sew up and move down here? Texas has a lot of ranches. In fact, I expect we can find one near here without a lot of trouble. You might have that. Alexander told him as he poured his own cup of coffee, taking the opportunity to ruffle Jody's blonde hair and smile tenderly down at her. I hear the old Jacobs place is up for sale again. That eastern dude who took it over lost his shirt in the stock market. It's just as well. He didn't know much about horses anyway. It's a horse farm. Josiah asked increasingly. Alexander nodded. Uh, seed heard of a brabiums and a couple of fowls. They bred from racing stock. He had pipe dreams about entering a horse in the Kentucky Derby one day. Why'd he give it up? Well, for one thing, he didn't know anything about horses. He wouldn't ask for advice from anybody who did, but he read this book, figured he could do it himself. That was before he got kicked out out of the barn first time. <laughs> so, Zeke made it himself. I'm not keen on horses, and I work in Wyoming. You're a little too late anyway, Margie and Rutter, but she was watching Dirk with new intensity. You heard that one of Cash Grabber's brothers came down here and took it. 
and to look at it, apparently they're interested. Dryer has brothers? Jody explained. What a horrible thought. How many? Three? They've been in and out for a long time, but they're making overturns. It seems the ranch would get them close enough to cash to try and heal the breach. That's one mean homebrew. Derek He keeps the peace. Alexander defended him. And he makes life interesting in town, especially just lately. What's going on lately? Derek wanted to know. Alexander, Jody, and Marge exchanged things. Never mind. Alexander said, there are other properties if you're really interested. Might stop by one of the real estate agents and stock up on brochures. He'll never leave Oklahoma. Derek said not until Josiah. And Wyoming is the only place left that's sparsely populated enough to appeal to our family. Grizzly. Glances at Martin Grant. However, I only need a temporary base of operations since I'm on the road so much. Might buy me a little cabin nearby and come serenade Marshy on weekends when I'm in town. Marshy left, but she flirts the same. Might. Might you. Now. Of course. Here's that on a designing career, he mused. And you're hooked on breaking bones and sprained muscles in the radio circuit. We might find some common ground one day. Derek replied, marginally one. Are you all staying for my Halloween party? She asked the brother. Zeke finished coughing up. I don't go to parties. Excuse me, I have to call the airline. I'm right behind you. Josiah said, following his brother with an apologetic smile. Well, I guess it's just me. Derek said, what do you think, Margie? Margie? How about if I borrow one of Alex's suits and come as a college professor? She burst out laughing. Alexander caught Jody by the hand, pulled her out of the kitchen with him. Where are we going? She asked. For a walk now that nobody's shooting at us. He said, linking her fingers into his. He led her out the front door and around to the side of the house by the long fences that kept the cattle in. When do you have to go back to work? He asked Jody reluctantly. That wasn't exactly... Discuss. She confessed with a secret smile because she didn't know which job she was returning to take. But I suppose next week we'll do nicely. <laughs> I still think Brody Vance is involved in this somehow. He said flatly, turning to her. I can't prove it yet, but I'm certain he's not as innocent as he pretended to be. That's exactly what I think. She agreed, surprised. By the way, she had quit my job before we came down here. You quit. Good for you. He explained, hugged her. He goes, I'm proud of you, Jody. She laughed, holding on tight. Don't be too proud. I'm still working for Mr. Riddle, but it's going to be in a total different capacity. Knowing what? He asked passionately. I'm going to be working with Kobe Lane as a computer security consultant. She told him, What about Hunter? He said, he's going back to Arizona with his wife. They're expecting a second child, and I think they want a little less excitement in their life right now. So Kobe Lane is taking over security. Mr. Riddle said, I might have to do some traveling later on as a troubleshooter, but it wouldn't be often. He was studying nervous off quite often. As long as it's poetic and not for a long time, that's fine. You do well in security, he said. Old man Riddle isn't as dense as I thought he was. I'm glad he's still keeping an eye on the company. Kobe Lane will keep his security people on their toes just as well as Hunter did. I think Mr. Hunter is irritated that Kara managed to get into that warehouse parking lot, she ventured. He is, but it could have happened to anybody. Brody Vance is our wild card. He's going to need watching, and no, you can't offer to do it. He had it from Let Lane set up his own surveillance. You stick to the job you're given. Stop sticking your neck out. I like that. And who is it who encouraged me to stick my neck out in the first place? Planting bugs near people in coffee houses. You did a great job. I was proud of you. I always thought we might work well together. We did, didn't we? He pushed back whimsy strands of loose hair from her cheek, studied her hungrily. 
I have in mind another opportunity for mutual cooperation. He said, bending to her mouth. End of chapter 10.